It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself. In a Christian worldview. Well, welcome to Quantum number 124. Well, I've been working in a coal mine, going down, down. Working in a coal mine, whoop, about to slip down. Working in a coal mine, going down, down. That, of course, was Devo, an old song, Working in a Coal Mine. Oh, I'm so tired. Um, coal mining continues. It's still pretty important in lots of areas, not least here in Australia and also for China, who use an enormous amount of coal. China's exports have grown by 21% in the past month, the fastest pace on record. Uh, China is basically making a mint out of COVID. Now, don't go for the conspiracy theories that China deliberately set this going, but it certainly hasn't harmed them. Now, uh, China is basically in a trade war with Australia because Australia has suggested an inquiry into COVID and China doesn't want that. And because... Australia is one Western nation that China thinks it must make an example of. They've even gone so far as to claim that coronavirus may have started in Australia and entered China from Australia via frozen food exports. Um, but the coal, let's talk about the coal. Prices paid for by China for imports of coal for heating and steel making have jumped by at least 40%. And these kind of informal bans they've got on Australian coal means that they're going to Canada where the coal's a lot more expensive. By the way, so much for Justin Trudeau and his let's save the planet and not do carbon. They're exporting as much coal as they can to China. Uh, it, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a strange, strange world. Well, speaking of China, here's a song you may not automatically associate with China. What a friend we have in Jesus All our sins and griefs to bear What a privilege to carry Everything to God in prayer that is Alan Jackson. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. Great song. Um, kind of cheating a wee bit using that because we're talking here about Ch China's friend. China has a friend in Jesus. When I saw the headline, it was an article in The Spectator. I thought it was about the growth of Christianity in China, but it wasn't. It was about Jesus College in Cambridge, part of Cambridge University which has a very secretive China center, which never permits criticism of the Chinese communist regime. Now, this is where Western universities are at. Cambridge University have just been debating whether they should allow free speech. And uh, they're also debating about whether they should remove statues of people from 350 years ago who may or may not have been involved in slavery. But modern day slavery? The Uyghurs? No. No, Cambridge University doesn't care because 
going against slavery 400 years ago cost them nothing. Going against it now will cost them a lot of money. And there's an extraordinary article. Again, I picked this up from The Spectator. And uh, asking people to come and interact with uh, a lecture interacting with China in a complex world. Um, now, somebody who attended this said that there were two films lauding China's amazing recent progress. Then four guest speakers, Lord Adair Turner, Sir Oliver Letwin, Lord Jim O'Neill. And none of them mentioned the Uyghurs. None of them were critical of the Chinese Communist government. None of them mentioned Hong Kong. The Chinese Communist Party buys influence in media, in corporations. The Hong Kong and Shanghai Banking Corporation, HSBC, one of the biggest banks in the world, has just frozen the assets of a Chinese dissenter in the UK at the behest of the Chinese Communist Party. Extraordinary. All right, let's look at how things are going with COVID. Um, America had a day this week where there were 3,000, over 3,000 deaths. It's the highest number yet. The UK uh, vaccinated its first uh, elderly person, and now there are thousands of people being vaccinated every day, although there were adverse reactions from a couple of people, which means that those who are prone to allergies are being asked for the moment not to take it. I found it interesting that Andy Haldane, the Bank of England's chief economist, says that the pandemic has brought some good news. Um, as pe people's incomes held up and spending was restrained, they've amassed around 100 billion of excess savings. Imagine that. People actually saving money. It sounds a pretty good deal to me. But if you think that Western governments are becoming a little bit authoritarian and trigger-happy in terms of trying to control COVID. Just be thankful you don't live in North Korea, where on November the 28th, a man accused of breaking COVID rules was shot dead. Um, North Korea officially claims it's never had a case of COVID-19, uh, although they brought in ultra-high-level emergency quarantine measures. Well, I think shooting someone dead is, is a pretty ultra-high-level emergency quarantine measure. But there are those within the West who are concerned about the somewhat arbitrary nature and the length of the lockdowns and so on. And that includes, as I've mentioned before in this podcast, Van Morrison, who's got together uh, with Eric Clapton to produce this song. Just a fascist state You better look out for people Or it gets too late One of the verses goes Magna Carta, Bill of Rights, Constitution, what it's worth You know they're gonna grind us down till it really hurts is this a sovereign nation or just a fascist state? You better look out, people, for it gets too late. Well, YouTube do their best to ban and Facebook and everyone, all the corporations, anything that's critical of anything that 
uh, Western government does re-COVID, they don't like it. Clapton said he chose to collaborate with Morrison because he found the effect of lockdowns on musicians deeply upsetting. I think, by the way, uh, Clapton's guitar solo in this is just brilliant. Alright, let's leave COVID and let's go to the amazing country of Indonesia and we'll also look at West Papua, which is officially still part of Indonesia though it wants to be independent. Here is the Indonesian national anthem. Where I shed my blood. It's funny, amazing all these anthems keep talking about people shedding their blood. I guess it's designed to inspire the citizens to be prepared to die for their country. Otherwise, how are you going to get soldiers? It talks about a great or a greater Indonesia. Now, this may surprise you, but Indonesia is the world's largest Muslim nation. It has 275 million people. 275 million people. That is 13 times the size of Australia. That's not far off the size of the United States. I thought it was interesting as well. I mean, I, I there, the Indonesian Presbyterian churches here in Sydney are, are fascinating places to be and to visit. And it's a, it's a great nation that we need to pray for. It recognizes six religions officially. Islam, 87% of the population. Christianity Protestant, 8%. Christianity Roman Catholic, 3%. Buddhism, 0.05%. Hinduism, 1.6%. Confucianism, 0.13%. If you're an atheist, you're in trouble in Indonesia because all citizens are constitutionally required to believe in the one great God. Well, Indonesia was in the news this week because of further trouble with West Papua. Now, Papua New Guinea is a separate country, but West Papua is part of Indonesia and it wants to be separate. It's very different from Indonesia, has three and a half million people, the majority of whom are, certainly the locals, are Protestant Christians. This is their anthem. That's banned so in, in Indonesia. So if, if you're in Indonesia listening to this, be careful. Um, I, I, it was written by a Dutch missionary, and forgive me for this little bit of Dutch, but it sounds better in Dutch. Dank zie u heer. Gij hebt mij het land gegeven. Laat mij ook inverig zijn om het te laten bent worden aan uw doel. Apologies to all Dutch listeners. Um, but, I, you know, this Papuan uh, 
West Papuan national anthem. I, I, I it's my favourite so far in terms of words. There's nothing about blood and dying for your country. I love this land of mine, naturally abounding with bounty, that shall pay me off and my labour in fools. Thy roaring waves I am smitten with, ever a-crashing against your white sandy beaches, a melody that shall eternally in my heart remain. Thank you, O Lord on high, this land of mine, thine creation. Task me to labour ceaselessly too, to spread thy cause far and wide. Now, let's just stick with this because there's the interesting story this week that Indonesia has a new weapon in its battle against West Papuan independence. It's an Australian reporter called Yasmin Eloise. And when I say it, I mean that. Because Yasmin, Yasmin Eloise isn't a journalist. She's not even human. Yasmin is a machine-generated image, a synthetic warrior in a new kind of cyber warfare that is uh, causing a great deal of trouble. There's a kind of black ops disinformation campaign designed to influence people's opinions. It's a well-funded operation. It uses multiple fake accounts on social media, and it employs computer-generated deepfake profile images to avoid detection. I mean, how do you know when you're listening to me that I'm for real? How do you know I'm not a, I don't know, would would I be Russian? I doubt it. In fact, I think the content of this podcast means you're not going to put me down as being Russian, Indonesian, American, uh, UK, Scottish, or whatever. Um... But that's what's happening. It's happening more and more. And it's fascinating how these things are developing throughout the world. Let's go to America. And this is sad news, uh, not unsurprising. Uh, Joe Biden has picked California Attorney General Xavier Becerra for Secretary of the U.S. Department of Health and Social Services. In other words, responsible for abortion. Well, she's an extremist, and I really mean an extremist. She's aggressively pro-abortion and anti-free speech. Sorry, I said she. I beg your pardon. Uh, That's not she, it's he, although how one identifies nowadays. So Xavier took over from Kamala Harris and started by persecuting citizen journals who expose Planned Parenthood. And then he went to the Supreme Court to try and force California's pro-life pregnancy centres to advertise and refer for abortion. The court rejected that, thankfully. But this is the one that really gets me. In Congress, he voted for the barbaric practice of partial birth abortion. That is, in case you know, the means by which a, a the abortion is carried out is a near full-term baby is partially born, taken out of the womb, and then crushed and then finally removed. So technically infanticide is not continued. This is the man responsible now for abortion services in the United States. Unbelievable. Do you remember this clip from Mr. Biden? I will flat out just change the law. Eliminate those executive orders, number one. 
You may recall, I'm the guy who said, uh, I was raised by a man. The idea that an eight-year-old child or a 10-year-old child decides, you know, I decided I want to be transgender. That's what I think I'd like to be. It may make my life a lot easier. There should be zero discrimination. There is no reason to suggest that there should be any right denied your daughter or daughters, whichever, one or two. One. One, your daughter, that your other daughter has a right to be and do. None. Zero. The first minute of this, I will flat out change the law. He said this about an eight-year-old. An eight-year-old. The UK government has... The UK Supreme Court has just ruled that under-16s don't have the right. In fact, it's dangerous for them to undertake hormonal treatment and surgery to change their gender. Now, Biden is just going with all of this. It's really quite extraordinary. Um, the Biden campaign had a lengthy document. You can't say you didn't know about this. It was there to advance LGBTQ plus equality in America and around the world. This is the new America. In fact, it's not. This is the old imperialist America exporting, inverted commas, American values to the world. As bad as China, to be honest. He's going to pass this Equality Act, and we have to hope and pray that the Senate remains Republican to stop this being happened. But nothing to do with, I don't care about Democrat or Republican. But if the Equality Act gets passed, then we're going to be, America's going to be heading the way of Victoria. In Philadelphia, there was a 200-year-old Catholic adoption agency banned from operating because they don't do same-sex adoption. That's the bureaucrats in Philadelphia Town Council. They don't care about the history, they don't care about the morality, and they don't care about the fact that kids won't get adopted parents. Incredible. I've written an article, by the way, in a similar story back in Scotland with Stirling Free Church, where uh, the church is being discriminated against by a charity just because of its policy on same-sex marriage. We don't care if you help the poor. You've got to follow our ideology. course is Hillsong and I have to say that a lot of Hillsong music I really enjoy. Uh, we introduced some of it into St. Peter's. Uh, this particular one, Here I Am to Worship. Love it. I think it's great. There's a sad story about Hillsong, and it is to do, we've mentioned it before, with Carl Lentz, uh, their pastor uh, for New York. And he has been fired basically because of adultery. In fact, not just one adultery, but serial adultery. 
Now, the reason I'm mentioning that is because there is an extraordinary article in the American Spectator by a man called Ben Sixsmith, who says that he is not a uh, Christian. And listen to what he says. I just want to read you this. It's a lengthy quote, but it's worth it. Lenz's actions are a matter for his family and his faith. There is an irony, though, in how whenever Christians seem to attach themselves to mainstream culture with all its vices in the hope of drawing people towards God, they seem to get drawn towards vice. Jerry Falwell Jr. was a similarly public, if ideologically different, evangelical who acquired fabulous wealth and fame before being swept off by an avalanche of accusations of sexual impropriety. Making yourself a very public representative of God rather than a humble messenger is a dangerous business when you are, like all of us, a very flawed human being. When you add in all the sweet temptations of wealth and fame, that becomes especially true. If you put yourself up on a pedestal, you have further to fall. And when you are a religious authority, unlike an artist or an athlete or even a politician, your rectitude is your only excuse for being there. And this is brilliant. I am not religious, so it's not my place to dictate to Christians what they should and should not believe. Still, if someone has a faith worth following, I feel that their beliefs should make me feel uncomfortable for not doing so. If they share 90% of my lifestyle and values, then there's nothing especially inspiring about them. Instead of making me want to become more like them, it looks very much as if they want to become more like me. That sadly appears to have been true of Lentz and his celebrity acquaintances. Brilliant. Let's go to Europe and in France, where homeschooling is going to be banned for all children in France from the age of three as President Emmanuel Macron presses ahead with plans to clamp down on radical Islam. Now, we shall wait and see whether the 50,000 children who receive homeschooling in France are going to be in trouble because the constitutional court there has to rule on it. But I do think this is a worrying development that uh, parents have a human right to have their children educated according to their own philosophy, at least according to the UN Charter on Human Rights, of which France is a signatory. Mind you, so is Germany, and they ban homeschooling as well. And then let's go to Africa. Listen to Kevin Murithi. My name is Kevin Murithi, and I'm very pleased to welcome you to our inaugural uh, apologetics conference, our annual apologetics conference, which is hosted by Apologetics Kenya. Apologetics Kenya is a ministry that... It's a, a fabulous conference held in Africa on... African apologetics, basically asking if Christianity is a suitable faith for Africa. Now, those of you who know your history will know that, biblically, the Ethiopian eunuch was African. Uh, The centre of the church in the 4th century was in North Africa, particularly with St. Augustine. And I think it's wonderful that uh, African pastors are leading and directing this and thinking about how to communicate the gospel in Africa from an African perspective. Um, I love what he says, that they must be grounded enough in biblical truth to argue with postmodernism, traditional Western atheism, traditional African religions, and Christian heresies like the prosperity gospel. Great stuff. Okay, let's go to a film.
That, of course, is um, the Titanic. Although, when I hear that song, I, I can't help thinking of the comedian who lip-synced it as I believe the hot dogs go on. Um, it's amazing how things get put in your mind. But actually, there's a serious story here. A letter written by the Baptist minister, Reverend John Harper, who died in the 1912 sinking of the Titanic, has been auctioned off for £42,000. Uh, it's an extraordinary story. He was a 39-year-old minister traveling with his sister and daughter to a Baptist church in Chicago where he was due to preach. And he sent this letter. Um, the Lord will repay you for it. He said, very kindest love, your loving old pastor, John Harper. Um, Harper Memorial Church in Glasgow, by the way, is renamed uh, after him. Apparently, John Harper was leading men and women um, to know the Lord before they were drowned, says the church. He asked one man, has your soul been saved? And upon the negative response, he gave the man his life vest. The man lived to survive, uh, survived to tell the story of John Harper, and he himself became a Christian, and he referred to himself as John Harper's last convert. So it's a wonderful story. Would you give your life jacket to somebody because you knew that you were you yourself were saved eternally? Okay, uh, let's go to Mr. Bob Dylan again. Sorry, we're coming back to him and so much response to all of this. But this week, he sold his whole catalogue, his entire songwriting catalogue, for $300 million. Blowing in the wind, the times they are changing like a rolling stone. But I'm going to leave you with uh, a song that is probably not his finest composition, and yet somehow it just keeps coming back. It must be Santa. It's Bob Dylan's Christmas song. Um... I think next week we'll have more to say about Christmas. I just pray that God would bless you wherever you are, that if you don't know him, that you would come to know him, that if you're worried about COVID and all these other things, that you would know his peace, that if you're a Christian, that you would remember the Lord is sovereign, he's in charge. You don't have to worry. Just look to Christ. He's the one who doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's begun a good work in you. He'll complete it. If you'd like to support Quantum, then uh, go to the Podbean fundraiser and feel free to do so. If you want to give us any feedback, feel free to do so. Links are on the website, theweeflee.com, and uh, see you next week. Yeah.